Let's dive into the scripture passage for a minute, and then I'm probably going to, there are going to be some roads diverging in a wood here on today's message, so get ready for that. On that day, when evening had come, he said, let us go across to the other side. Well, the other side is across the Sea of Galilee, and the other side was where Gentiles were. A lot of commentators make a lot about this, that, oh, Jesus is saying, let's go, let's go away from you know, my people, the Jews, and we're going to go across to the other side. I don't know whether that's a big deal or not. Jesus goes across to the other side quite a bit in the scriptures in order sometimes to get away, but also sometimes in order to go, to go be with the people that are on the other side, Gentiles primarily. And so, again, a lot of debate because Jesus sometimes does say in the scripture, well, I came to my own people, but then also he then ministers a lot to the people that aren't part of his own people. So just to be thinking about that. I love this too. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. What does that mean? I have no idea. Just as he was. What I mean, were they supposed to take him in some other form or fashion? Were there multiple ways that he was? I don't know. I, that just, I think that's fascinating. I still don't understand why, why, why Mark the writer of Mark would have, would have put that in there. So, anyway. Other boats were with them. Okay. Makes sense. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he's in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him up. Well, so anytime there's water involved, a storm involved, waves involved, or a crossing of any kind, if you were a Jewish person who'd been been brought up on the stories of Moses and the Exodus, you would have begun to think about Moses and the Exodus and crossing the Red Sea and what God did there. And the stories of creation where God moves over the watery chaos and brings forth order and life. So as you have those kinds of ideas in your head and then we move through and they're like, don't you care that we're perishing? I mean, and then he says, peace be still. All of a sudden you realize that this story is not just about some miracle that occurs. What happens is it's revealing who Jesus is. What kind of power that he has. Who he's related to. <laughs> and so it's pretty natural. Why are you afraid? Like, do you, don't you have any... Fa- like, clearly you don't get it. What's going on here, I think, is what Jesus is saying. And in this, I think it's the NRSV uh, translation, they were filled with great awe... I think that's a way too nice translation. They were scared to death. Because we know when you're in the scriptures, when you find yourself in the presence of God Almighty, that shakes you to your very core. It is not a comforting kind of feeling. Because you are in the midst of the greatest power of the universe. And so they were afraid. They were having fear. Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? They're, try- they're still trying to reconcile their ideas about God and this human being that's here with them. Jesus didn't say, 
there's nothing to be afraid of to them. Did he? He said, why are you afraid? But he didn't say there's nothing to be afraid of. One of the commentators was talking about this a little bit and was talking about being a parent and how often what we do when our kids are afraid is, you know, we we rock them or we hold them and we say, oh, there's nothing to be afraid of, when really what we ought to say is, I'm here with you. Because there are lots of things to be afraid of in the world. There are lots of things that we fear that are real and imagined. And I think that that's part of where I want to go now with this message. And I want to start it this way. 20 Father's Day as ago, something new happened at Westminster Presbyterian Church. There was a guy in a pulpit right over there with a goatee. And his first announcement was, we're adding to the number of the church. Jennifer's pregnant. We're going to have a baby. It was my first Sunday at Westminster, 20 Father's Days ago. And I don't think I knew enough to be afraid. Right? You don't know what you don't know. And I don't think I really, I don't think I really knew enough to be afraid. I mean, I was, I was still a kid from western Nebraska. Not a Yankee, people. Okay? Not a Yankee. But coming into the South and into the capital of the Confederacy, of which I had very little understanding or knowledge about what any of that might have mean. I probably didn't even realize that Richmond was the capital of the Confederacy. You know, when we study the Civil War in Nebraska, it's part of history. It's not the history that we study. Just FYI. It's very interesting. Very interesting. Yes, from a Yankee. And so... I didn't know enough to be afraid. But there have been times over those intervening 19 years that I've been afraid. If I'm honest, I've been afraid that the board was going to come to me and say, Joel, you know, we just can't deal with all this change that's happening. And we think you're the problem. Why don't you start looking for a new call? I've been afraid that some of the things that were happening within the church might tear us apart. I've been afraid that the decisions that I was helping to make with our elders might be dead wrong. I've been afraid that I wasn't good enough for the generosity and the love that this congregation has given myself and my family And so as I read this scripture, and as I reflected on on all of these years, I began to think about my life of faith, my life as the pastor of this congregation, and, and our lives of faith, especially coming out of this past 18 months or so. There are lots of things to be afraid of to be fearful about, right? Disease, death, 
loss of jobs, loss of income, loss of power, shifting social structures, animosity in our families around politics and faith and all the usual kinds of stuff. There's lots to be afraid of, but at least for me, I think what, in, in, and I'm going to reveal a little bit about my personal faith here, is that what's been missing for me is this real understanding of the providence, good Presbyterian word here, the providence of God. Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Almost as if God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are saying to us in every situation, I'm here. That you may be afraid, you may be worried about the outcome, but whatever that outcome is, whatever is happening, it may not come out the way that you think it would or should. You're going to lose friends and family. You're going to get sick. You're going to have to deal with things that you never, ever thought you would have to deal with in your life. And through it all, I am here with you in that providential care. I am unmoving in my love and care for you. And I am with you through all of these things, no matter what may come. You may think that I'm not here. I may seem cold and distant, but I am right here in the midst of it all with you. And that's the only thing that we can trust. Over the last 19 years, there have been a lot of ideas and a lot of things that we thought were going one way or the other. And we made plans and we did things. And I would say that most of them never turned out the way we thought they would from the very beginning. <laughs> Don't know if you've experienced that in your life. Some things have turned out even better. Like decisions that we're like, oh man, I can't believe we have to do this or go this way or, or deal with these people or whatever. And then as things play out and just make decisions and I think, and as we trust in God to be with us in the midst of these things, wanting for our good, holding us in the midst of our fear, that things turn out and things often turn out better than what we had hoped, than what we had dreamed. Have you still no faith? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Is a translation of some words that can also be said this way. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell the story. And that's something that we WPCers, as we've come to call ourselves, need to do. We have been redeemed in the life and the death and the resurrection of Christ. We have been held by the Trinity, by the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We understand the relationship that is there because we relate with one another through the Holy Spirit's power. And we need to be the ones to tell that story. 
to tell of the ways that God has been with us in and through all of the difficulties that we've had, all of the joys we've been able to experience, and all the ways that God has brought to us opportunities to bless our community and our neighborhood, to be with one another through difficulties of life, through death and birth and marriages and all kinds of wonderful things that we've been able to to experience together. We need to tell the story. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell that story about the fact that our God is a miracle worker, a way maker, that God is present with us even in the midst of all the things that we fear to our very core and that nothing can separate us from the providence and the love of God in Jesus, the Messiah, our Christ. What would it mean for you in your life if you began to trust in that? To be able to say to God, God, I am, I am shaken in my shoes. I am as scared as I've ever been. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my father, my mother. I'm, I'm afraid that my kids aren't going to make it. I'm afraid that this test result is going to be bad news. I'm afraid, fill in the blank. And then to follow that up with, but I trust in you. I trust that you are here and I trust that whatever outcome there is, I know that you will be with me. What if that is the story that we told ourselves and then what if we talked about the ways that God moved in the midst of our community, this WPC community and out into the community? Let the redeemed of the Lord tell the story And so on this 20th Father's Day as your pastor, I want to say thank you for giving a story to tell. Let us move forward in faith and let us trust in God and tell the story. Amen.